Welcome to Apostolic Life in the 21st Century, a podcast dedicated to helping modern-day believers live out the teachings of the first century church. This podcast is part of the teaching ministry of Dr. David K. Bernard. Dr. Bernard has dedicated his life to studying the Bible and helping believers apply its message to their daily lives. In Apostolic Life in the 21st Century, Dr. Bernard answers your questions about what the Bible teaches and how those teachings apply to everyday life. Thank you for joining us for this broadcast. In 1 Corinthians 12.30, the Apostle Paul implies that not all believers speak with tongues. If this is true, why does the United Pentecostal Church International teach that full salvation includes Holy Spirit baptism and that everyone who receives this baptism will speak with other tongues? Doesn't the UPCI's position contradict Paul's writings? No, and let's start with the basics. First of all, in the New Testament church, uh, receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost or Holy Spirit is considered part of initial salvation, what we might call conversion initiation. Actually, all Christian groups will agree with that in theory, from Catholics or Protestants, all will say that you must receive the Holy Spirit to be truly a Christian. So, so that's what we say. The difference is we expect there to be a very definite experience And we expect an initial sign called speaking in tongues or speaking miraculously in a language we haven't learned by the Spirit. Now, why would we do that? Well, if you look at the very first example of the baptism of the Holy Ghost, which is in Acts chapter 2, it's the birthday of the Christian church. So Jesus told uh, his disciples to wait for this experience. About 120 did so. It wasn't just the 12 apostles, but Mary, the mother of Jesus, his four half-brothers, the women who had faithfully followed him, and others. And so on the day of Pentecost, Acts 2-4, they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now notice there were some other signs, the sound of wind, tongues like fire, but those were external signs of the Spirit moving upon people. The first sign that someone was filled was the Spirit inside them speaking out. And this miracle of speaking in tongues attracted a multitude of people, Jewish people from many different nations, 15 were listed, who had come to celebrate the Feast of Pentecost in Jerusalem. And so they began marveling. Some were saying, wait a minute, these are Galilean people. How how can they speak the language of Arabic, my home country, or uh, Latin, or they begin to name other languages. That's impossible. How could this happen? Others didn't understand the tongues and thought they were babbling and they begin mocking. Well, these people must be drunk. So some were marveling because they understood the miracle. Some were mocking because they didn't understand the miracle, but they're all asking the question, what meaneth this? Or what does this mean? So the apostle Peter stood up with the support of all the other apostles And he gave the answer. This is that. So this means tongues. That's the question they were asking about. What does this mean? What meaneth this? He said, this is that. So he said, tongues means that. And then he quoted from the prophecy of Joel. Joel 2, in the last days, says God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and, and your sons and daughters will prophesy. So he says, this prophetic utterance, this divine utterance that you see, is actually means they've received the Holy Spirit. So 
in essence, and by the way, this is the only place in the whole Bible where you have all 12 apostles at the same place at the same time preaching the same message, and they end up telling people how to be saved, Acts 2.38. So you have the greatest authority in the, in the whole Bible here other than Jesus himself, but of course Jesus commissioned the apostles. So actually this is equivalent to the authority of Jesus himself. He didn't establish any churches. He commissioned the apostles to do it. And this is what they did. So based on their authority, essentially he's saying this tongues means they've received the Holy Spirit. And we find that pattern repeated throughout the book of Acts. The, the story of Cornelius in Acts chapter 2, 10, the Gentiles receiving the Holy Spirit. Uh, the whole household received the Holy Spirit. They all spoke in tongues. Uh, Acts 19, the disciples of John at Ephesus, about 12. They received the Holy Spirit. They all spoke in tongues. So what you have is a pattern repeated throughout the New Testament church. And then you ask, well, of the 120 that received the Holy Spirit, how many spoke in tongues? 100%. 120 of 120. Household of Cornelius, how many received the Holy Spirit? We're not told the number, but it was 100%. Acts 19, how many of the disciples? 12 out of 12, 100%. So there's the pattern. Everyone in the New Testament church who receives the Holy Spirit, the first sign is they speak in tongues. Now, the abiding sign is not tongues, but the fruit of the Spirit, the pursuit of holiness, the Christian life. But the initial sign is what I've just indicated. Now, in, in 1 Corinthians 12 through 14, the Apostle Paul gives instructions for the gifts of the Spirit in the operation of the local church. And he talks about vocal gifts. So sometimes people stand up and prophesy. They will give a prophetic utterance to the whole congregation. Everybody's supposed to stop and listen. Sometimes they will stand up in the congregation, speak in tongues to the whole congregation. And so Paul says, when that happens, wait, Pray for an interpretation so that someone, either that same person or another, will stand up and give the interpretation so that all will understand. These are special vocal gifts being used in the congregation. Now, uh, he says, now, in, in the example of uh, a public utterance, a message in tongues, if nobody gives interpretation, then don't keep going on because people won't understand. But you can speak in tongues to yourself and to God. So tongues can be used in your personal prayer life to worship God, or even in the congregation when everybody's praying, you can all pray in tongues individually. But when you're speaking to the whole congregation, then there are certain regulations to follow so everyone listens and everyone understands. In that context, he's speaking of tongues as a public utterance to the congregation, as a special gift. So all Christians speak in tongues, but only a few have that gift. He talks about the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, about faith. Well, all Christians are saved by faith, but there's a special gift of faith for a time of crisis that's not given to everyone. It's only given to certain people as needed. Everyone must have the wisdom of God. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. But there are certain people that have a gift of wisdom for a special situation. And so in 1 Corinthians 12, Paul says there's the diff there are these different gifts. Not everyone is given all of these gifts. One has one, one has another, and I think it's based on need. It's based on occasion. So I might exercise one gift in a certain situation. I might exercise a different gift in another situation, or I might exercise one gift. You might exercise another. We're not all going to exercise the same gift um, and not all at the same time. So in that context, it's very clear that in their personal life, 
Christians, when they receive the Holy Ghost, they speak in tongues. And in their prayer life, all can speak in tongues. In fact, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14, 18, I wish that you all would speak in tongues. But when it comes to public worship, only a few people are going to give a message in tongues. Only a few people are going to receive that gift for that occasion. Just like only a few people are going to have a word of wisdom or uh, a prophecy or the gift of faith for a crisis. Um, so the question becomes, do all speak in tongues? That's in the context of public worship. No. And that accords with reality. If you have a church of 500 people, you'll never have all 500 people whether at the same time or even over the course of the life of that congregation, you're never going to have 500 people giving public messages in tongues. It's not given to everyone. Now, what's interesting is the people that oppose what I've just stated, most of them do not ever have any tongues at all in their congregations. They never have a public message in tongues. So they don't even understand the context of Paul's discussion because they don't have those kinds of spiritual gifts operating. They never would allow someone to stand up and give a message in tongues, someone else to stand up and interpret. They would never have that. So they don't even understand the context. They first need to understand that context. Then they can understand what he's saying. So do all speak in tongues as a public gift to the whole congregation? No, certainly not. Do all receive, when they receive the Holy Ghost initially, do they speak in tongues as the initial sign? According to the book of Acts, yes. Thank you for joining us for today's broadcast. We hope you'll make plans to join us again next time when once again we take a look at how the Bible applies to our everyday lives.